It's that time of the day. It's the Forestry Sports Show. Let's get it. Welcome to the Forestry Sports Show. Of course, to my right, I have Charlie and Jackson Howell. And to my left, I have the Demon Mixon. Also, I have Nate Dog over in the corner. And shout out to our producer, Shania and Kelsey. So, guys, we're going to hop into it. It's been a great weekend for Southern Miss basketball, guys. Can we just talk about that right fast? Yeah, I mean, we're hoping, we're, we're planning our Pensacola trip, right? Yeah, we Hopefully are. It's yeah. We're for the show. Yeah, warmed up by then. We can enjoy the beach and see some postseason basketball, but it's been great to see, you know, both programs succeed at this level. Of course. Just to throw out some quick facts at the people out there, Southern Miss is on a five-game win streak. They just are coming off a four-game home stand in the Reed Green Coliseum with a fun, energetic crowd where they saw four games with around 4,200, as Jay Ladner stated that in the interview. Um, if you go watch my uh, Twitter feed, he talked about that in the post-game interview on their last game on Saturday. They are 12-0 and at home. Yeah. 12-0 at home. It's crazy, guys, and they're 19-4 and and atop the Sun Belt, ending tie with um, the cross-state rivals in Louisiana, guys. So that shall be interesting. They play them on February the 9th. But to hop into the show, we have a special guest on with us coming up later on. We have head softball head coach Natalie Poole, who starts her debut season as the new softball head coach here on February the 10th. So that shall be interesting. We'll have her on later. But to hop into things, Charlie, I'm going to throw it up for a little alley as we talk about women's basketball. Yep. Uh, all eyes have kind of been on men's basketball, uh, but the women's are doing their thing. They just split the rest of their road swing. Uh, they picked up a 68-59 win against Arkansas State thanks to a 29-point fourth quarter performance. We've talked about how this has been a second-half team. Well, they just made 11 field goals through the first three quarters and then made eight in the final quarter. And Dom Davis, of course, did her thing, got her second double-double of the season and of her career with 16 points and 10 boards. So Southern Miss almost claimed sole possession of first place uh, by forcing Texas State into overtime Saturday, but the Bobcats ended up winning that one. So the Lady Eagles are technically fourth in the Sun Belt, but there are currently three other teams at 7-3 and three in the conference. So basically a toss-up uh, with these last couple conference games coming up. And it's kind of favorable because they'll have a four-game home stretch now, just like the men did, starting with a 7 p.m. matchup this Thursday against <laughs> Old Dominion and South Alabama on Saturday at 2 p.m. Uh, South Alabama right now is 1-9 and nine on the season, and women's, women's basketball beat them already. So, like I said, kind of a, a favorable matchup right here at home for the women's basketball, trying to get uh, kind of four-game win streak like the men did. Of course. Yeah, and speaking of the men, let's head into men's basketball. Uh, Southern Miss closed their homestand uh, with wins against Arkansas State and Texas State. Uh, they're 12-0 at home, as you just mentioned, Austin, just a second ago, and 19-4 overall, tied with in first place uh, with Louisiana, who they welcome into Reed Green Coliseum next Thursday. Uh, it wasn't as strong as it is play as from last week, but the Golden Eagles found a way to get things done. Uh, Against Arkansas State on Thursday, DeAndre Pigney led, leading the way with 18 points and 7 rebounds. And the team pulled away late in a closely contested matchup with Texas State Saturday, thanks to some shots from Felipe Haas and Crowley. And the team pulled away uh, 
pulled away from Texas State on Saturday. So the Golden Eagles now pre prepare for a road trip to try to sweep Troy this season on Thursday at 6 p.m. and then face Georgia State on at, on Saturday at 1 p.m., both games on the road. Both teams, uh, Troy and Georgia State, are on losing streaks, but Troy did give Southern Miss kind of a, a game back when they played in, at, at Reed Green at the beginning of this month. So uh, that's something to watch for. There, but I think that uh, UL game on yes. next Thursday is probably the biggest Southern Miss basketball game yes. in recent since I've I mean that I can remember besides maybe the wins that were vacated in 14, 13, 15, or whatever. I mean, of one course. thing last year, uh, the most attended game last year was UL versus Southern Miss, and Southern Miss won you know seven games last year. We're talking about a totally different program having buy-in here in Hattiesburg, plus those uh, fans that will be traveling on the road. Uh, it's kind of the birth of a, I won't say a new rivalry, but kind of a rebirth, I guess you would yes. say. And it's going to happen Thursday night. It's going to be absolutely big. Of course. Uh, like Demon stated, uh, you started out um, tweeting it, and I was like the first to uh, see it. I was like, what? They're playing February tonight? I was like, man, this may be the craziest game of the season, especially with the two when you talk about the rebirth. So that shall be interesting. But without further ado, uh, we have another uh, season coming up pretty soon, two seasons coming up. Uh, and it's on the diamond, guys. The roost. <laughs> the roost, of course. And we're talking about baseball season, guys. And right before we move on, we wanted to mention that uh, women's tennis picked up a 4-2 win against Florida A&M this um in tallahassee uh to open up their season so uh that's a big win for them but now before we move on we have to talk about pete taylor park guys with the season just a couple of weeks away we got a chance to talk to coach scott barry and some players about the upcoming season at media day this past thursday our very own charlie the trail has the story let's get into it Southern Miss baseball is around the corner, and the excitement around the program may just be at an all-time high. The Golden Eagles are coming off a season in which they won their first regional hosted at the Pete, and then hosted their first Super Regional in program history. But Southern Miss is ready to take the next step this season. The Golden Eagles have what Barry considers the toughest schedule of his tenure, something that the team will need in hopes to be successful at the top level. I want them to understand that every game is an opportunity to win. It's not the opponent that we're playing, but it's the game we're playing. But on my end, I'm trying to schedule that good opponent to help build that RPI. So certainly I think this is going to be a schedule uh, if we do our part put in the wins like, like we need to. Uh, I think this schedule speaks for itself and we'll take care of itself. And while the Golden Eagles lost plenty of talent from last year's squad, Barry noted the balance of returning players and newcomers that the team has added through the portal and recruiting. One newcomer, Panola College transfer Matthew Etzel, has impressed and won the center field position. There are also battles at the left field and second base positions. Even with competition, Etzel and other teammates spoke on the chemistry that everyone has built during their short time together. Within the first week, I was friends with the whole entire team. The team chemistry and bond we have with each other is just so close and it's been amazing. There are questions about the pitching staff this year, which was the team's strong point in the past seasons. Southern Miss ranked towards the top of national leaderboards in pitching statistics, including number two in the nation in ERA and strikeouts per nine innings. That was the most quality and the most depth 
of quality of a staff that I've ever seen uh, in my tenure of coaching at, the, at this level. So it's going to be hard to, to duplicate that in all honesty, but certainly that's not what uh, we're, we're, we're saying we can't. That's what we're trying to do. Still, Ace Tanner Hall returns, along with the growth of pitchers like Justin Storm, Nico Mazza, and Matthew Adams. And there are hopes that the team grows offensively with the benefit of returning familiar names to the lineup. We've got some depth this year on the position <coughs> side, you know, that we haven't had in, in prior years. There are still some things the team is working on in inter-squads to figure out by the start of the season. But regardless of the changes that may happen, Storm says they have understood the goal since day one. My freshman year, we came short in the regional. Last year, short in the super regional. Everyone knows what the goal is here. Um, and that's obviously to make it to them all, and not just make it, but to win the whole thing. This has been Charlie Luttrell for the 4th Street Sports Show. Thank you, Charlie, for that wonderful wrap. Uh, we really do appreciate that. Um, as you all know, the baseball season is starting soon. Uh, their first matchup is, is against Liberty. Uh, February, a yes, a big one. Uh, coming up February the 17th, I believe. Um, but Storm, Justin Storm, um, a, a touted pitcher coming into the season, especially for the Golden Eagles, talked about coming into the season wanting to go to Omaha. They were just two games away. Could we just talk about that and what was the takeaway for Media Day, guys? I think what I what I saw at least when I what I learned was that this team you know they're eyeing Omaha and it's almost like to me that it, it sounded a lot like Omaha or bust honestly like and we haven't heard that in a while but everything was about they're trying to take the next step Scott Berry was talking about how they are having you know these coaches talk to them Mississippi State and Ole Miss saying it's y'all's year this year, you know, to get there. Um, and I, you could definitely feel that from the players. And something I was talking about on our podcast on Friday was, like, we just just to make sure that they're not, you know, because last year it wasn't that. Like, it's a complete swing from last year. Last year it was game by game. We don't care what the standings are. We don't care what the rankings are. We're going to take it. We're going to we have we need to win Friday. We need to win Saturday. That's like uh, one thing that they talked about. Uh, last media day was well. We're only trying to figure out how to beat um, North Alabama or whoever they're playing yes, opening weekend. And then this year, we didn't hear anything about Liberty, right? We didn't hear anything about Illinois. We heard Omaha, Omaha, this stuff, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. But you just want to make sure that they're not getting in over their head. But you know, we did hear a lot of good things about um, that we've been wondering, such as pitching rotation and stuff like that. And I have some notes from the scrimmage on Saturday too. But Jackson, you can yeah, definitely. There's definitely a, a confidence in that program. Obviously, they lo lost a lot of pitching talent, but uh, they're still content with what they have. They had a lot of young guys that were kind of inexperienced, couldn't really get into the rotation because of the amount of depth they had last year. Uh, Nico Mazza springs to mind. He's a guy that they really like, they really enjoy. And then, obviously, Tanner Hall is going to anchor the rotation. He was named to, I believe, third team All-American today, mm -hmm. which... Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, <laughs> you can take that how you will. But they're really ec ecstatic, I think is the word, with the guys they got in the transfer portal to really go in the field. Matthew Etzel being the main star at center field. He's already won that job, so that's exciting to see. They're really... Like, I believe Scott Berry said that was one of the purest center fielders he's seen in his years of coaching. Yes. So that's got to be exciting, awesome. definitely. And then hearing from all these coaches that, hey, Southern Miss, it's y'all's year, they play a really tough schedule. They play Mississippi State once and Ole Miss twice, including in Oxford as mm. well as in Pearl. And then 
first four game uh, weekend series are at home, and then obviously Sun Belt is going to be competitive with a lot of new teams coming in. So Southern Miss baseball, if they can hold down the pitching and the batting is closer to hitting for 300 average, look out, we could be in Nebraska this summer. Yeah, yes. at the scrimmage, uh, Blake Johnson and Christopher Sargent both with home runs, both to left field, one over the scoreboard on Saturday. Just some notes from somebody who was there. Um, and, uh, you know, they had Nico Mazza pitching. They had Billy Odom pitching. Um, and um, Will, Will Armstead um, pitching a little bit for him. So I think that uh, one thing I think was clear was that they feel like that the pitching strength that they had last year of, like, number two in the country beyond, behind Tennessee – they feel like that that room is basically going to be their hitting room this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That their strength is going to be hitting. While their hitting was good last year, right? It, it, it kind of like got cold at times. But when it was hot, it was on, yeah. right? And I feel like that that is going to be the pitching, right? And like that it's going to be good when it's on. It might get cold for a while, but if their bats can just keep them in the game, you know, then they're going to be able to win a lot of games. And like Jackson said, they have just about as good a chance this year as they have, you know, to get back to Oman because that is the program that we cover now. We cover a team that reloads. We cover a team mm-hmm. that is constantly going to be in the regionals. And once you get in the regionals, who knows what can happen. Yeah, yeah of course. And that was, uh, like you stated, Demon, that was one of the biggest takeaways. I know for a fact that uh, Coach Scott Berry talked about just the depth in these positions like center field, right field, guys that can come in and fill holes for guys that may not be able to perform at the highest at times. And I think that was one of the things that was huge. And you talked about the hitting, uh, but I also talked to Coach Ostrander and he said that these young guys would be prepared. And it, yeah. it, you may see a lot of you know unfamiliar faces this year on the mound, but be prepared for these guys to step in. I think that was one of the key things that Coach Berry also talked about was allowing some of those young guys to come in who may not have got some of the playtime because of the experience being able to come in this year and, and, and be productive so that shall be interesting to see and um, on that tip uh, I'll toss it back over to you Dima. Yeah just one more thing I think like one thing about that is that these younger guys uh, are challenging the older guys for starting yes. positions they had Tate Parker challenging he said that, he Reece said that left field yes. is a battle Last year, left field was not a battle, yes. you know, so they had, you know, obviously second base is a battle with McGillis leaving, but uh, he said left field's a battle, that'll be interesting. I, I think Reese Ewing will start against Liberty, but yes. that, that will be a battle between the rest of the season, and then yes. second base, you know, we'll, we'll, we can talk about that, and then obviously we talk, we, we touched on it in the podcast, but Dickerson pitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, but, and that shall be interesting, that left field battle. Uh, yeah. You have a guy who just came off winning the national championship on the Juco level, yeah. Tate Parker, who led that team hitting over 400. Yeah. I think on the season he had almost 200, yes. not 200 homers, 20 homers. Man, that's a crazy 200, stat. I think he'd be uh, one in left field. <laughs> yeah. But he almost had 20 homers on the year, so he's a guy that can really play. And one uh, thing so Scott Berry was talking about with that, he was saying that, like, you know, the, the numbers may look good on paper, but, you know, Juco fields are smaller than yes. collegiate fields. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that the ball can get out easier. Which is which was interesting to me to think about that because you know I, I don't know how much because you know they go through fall camp and now they they understand the, the field or whatever but he would say that I just thought that was interesting because I never really thought about that but yeah maybe. and he still he was still crediting uh, Tate Parker I think he said he was like one of the best right. strike zone presences yeah. Yeah. that he's seen exactly. so, I mean a bunch of newcomers that are gonna 
uh, be a factor this year. Right yeah. before we leave, just want to say, I think there's only like 400 uh, tickets, yeah, like 400 spots left, left before the season even even starts. Barry was talking a lot about that at media day. Standing room basically only left. Uh, so just a lot of excitement around this season, and we'll have more uh, as as it comes closer, just a couple weeks away. And crazy. We're, yeah, we're going to go ahead and transition to the other uh, sport about of the star yes. uh, with a head coach in the building right now. We're going to have her song Ice Ice Baby play right ice, now. Ice Ice. <laughs> we'll have head softball coach Nality Poole coming up with her, like you said, song of yes. the week. And we'll be back for more. This is 4th Street. We'll be back in a little bit. Looking for the place to be at Mondays at 5? Look no further than 4th Street Sports. And we're back. Do y'all like that jingle? Did y'all like that jingle? <laughs> Yours or Ice yeah, Ice Baby? Yeah, the, the sweeper jingle. Yeah, it, it I like has that. a little jazz to it. It does. I like it. <laughs> but now we are back with head softball coach Natalie Poole. How are you doing, coach? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Of course. Glad to have you on. Coach Poole comes from the University of Memphis and is debuting this year for Southern Miss in her first season. How do you feel? How does Hattiesburg treat you, Coach? How do you feel about it? Really, from the time that I got here, it's just been really welcoming. I mean, honestly, um, originally from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, mm -hmm. and my father actually played a year of football here back in the 70s, and so um, I've always been kind of distantly aware of this place, and it's just kind of amazing how things work out, and it's been quick. The turnaround's been quick, but it's been really awesome. Kind of what led you to, I mean, you said you have some ties, mm -hmm. but could you take us yeah. through kind of how you got the position and yeah. just uh, got into Southern Miss? Absolutely. So for the last 11 years, I was at the University of Memphis, and we had some really great years, um, some really years I was probably really proud of, um, accomplished some great things, things that the program had never done before. Last couple years out of COVID, we had a tough time. Um, we returned a really good team, but had a lot of restrictions coming out of COVID. And a lot of our girls just didn't really respond well out of it. You know, I don't know if they lost some of the fight or um, they were just happy to be there. But when it came against adversity, um, we just didn't have it. We just didn't have it in us and we should have. So we had a tough year in 21. And then this past year, we were a little bit better, but we were very young. Half of our team was freshmen. So just a second tough year, and I think in that time and facing with a new administration, you know, sometimes it's just for the best. Like, I need a clean break. They need a clean break. You know, I wanted to see that team be really successful. I spent 11 years there in that program, and we had some really good times, but um, it was probably time. You know, and so in the hunt for a new job and looking for a new opportunity, um, this is one that arose. And, you know, I definitely believe that I'm capable of leading a great program and making this program great and doing the job for it. And I'm excited to be here to do that. Just, oh, you go ahead, Jackson. I was going to say, being at Memphis for 11 yeah. years and then at McNeese before that, mm -hmm. what are some of the qualities and attributes you've learned that mm -hmm. are really going to help you implement into Southern Miss's program for success in the future? Absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that I do, no matter where I'm at, is like I definitely consider myself a transformational coach. And I mean that like X's and O's are really important, but it doesn't really matter if you can't get these athletes to trust you and to trust what you're teaching them. And you don't take the time to build those relationships. We kind of live in a time where you have to do that. You're not going to be able to just go tell these athletes what to do and expect them to say, okay, they want to know why they're doing it. They want to see how this works and all that. And the relationship 
relationships are really important, especially when it comes to the female student athlete. And so it um, doesn't mean we can't be tough, but they've got to understand where it's coming from. And so we spend a lot of time just making sure that we're building those relationships. And so that way when we push them and we make it clear what our expectations are, they understand where we're going, where we need to be, where we might not be right now, and how we're going to get there. Just how have you kind of assessed the, uh, mm -hmm. this program just coming into it and mm -hmm. what goals have you kind of set for um, short term and long term? Absolutely. So we are a slim in number. So we have about 17 student athletes. It's really, really low when it comes to, I would say, where we want to be. We want to be in the mid-20s. And so um, we've got some girls that we are moving around to different positions, maybe positions they haven't ever played before, actually. But we need to be able to see what we're going to be talented at. And some of these athletes are, I think, a little presently surprised about what they're able to do in some places that maybe they hadn't played before. Um, we kind of assess just like what we're doing physically, who we are mentally, um, and kind of how we play the game. And so we've definitely done a lot of teaching um, with them. We have three pitchers. We're lucky to return the you know top three, which is great. Um, and they're going to have to push through some mental places because three pitchers for 50, over 50 games is a lot. And so they're going to bear a lot of physical loads. And so we've been really trying to make sure that we're competitive. We are pretty good foundational uh, pieces are in place. And so we did some evaluating. We've talked about where we need to get. We've started the development piece. And then now, right now, we're kind of focusing on the competitive piece because in the end, you got to show up and compete. If you're not your best, you still have to compete. You know, you're missing your rise ball today. So what? We got to win. You know, so how are we going to be in those moments? And so we're doing a lot of competition right now in preparation for where we want to be in another week and a half. Coach, could you just tell me, like, uh, specifically about Morgan Linestock? She was one of the highlights of that pitching staff, and she will take on a boatload of that uh, pitching. But could you just get into how she's been uh, coming off of this offseason and, mm -hmm. and just specifically about her arm and some of the younger people like uh, Jaina and Paige mm -hmm. behind her? Yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, I can't say enough about this group of pitchers. Like, I've really enjoyed working with them. You can see the maturity in Morgan, she's she's accustomed to carrying the load. She does a good job with that. She knows how to play with hitters a little bit to gain an advantage. Um, we've worked through a lot of that, and um, and I think that she and I've got a good partnership right now. The same thing with Jane and Paige. Both of them were very youthful, and Jane got a few more innings than Paige did last year. But both of them are better than what they were, and and I don't just make that by my own assumption. But like I ask our our my second assistant um, Izzy Wordan, she's been here for four years, so she's had a chance to see who they are. And so she kind of has talked to me about some of what we've seen in terms of growth and the same thing from our catchers. And um, so for Morgan, like she throws a drop ball that just kind of falls off the table. And so you get about six inches of break and that's hard sometimes to be able to track and hit. And um, she does a really great, great job of mixing that with a nice change up. Um, she's prepared. This is her last year. So like, you know, I told her there's just, we're not looking back. So you might be hurting, you might be tired, you might be frustrated and we're still going. So be ready for it. And so I think she is, she's looking forward to it. The team uh, lost two veteran yes. players, yes. You know, historic players yes. for Southern Miss. Uh, just in your kind of short time here, who have you kind of seen step up as a leader in the locker room where you mm. think is going to be, you know, ready to kind of take that role? Absolutely. First of all, I, I can't say enough about Destiny Brown and Tata Davis. Those two kids, like, you know, they stayed and they're working with us right now. 
amazing. Like they stayed in the program when I when I said told our athletes that they were going to be staying with us and being around our team and working on our masters and still finishing up an undergrad. Like they were over the moon excited just that I would allow them to be around. But the fact that like I learned about who they are as quality people in terms of uh, just who they are in character wise, but also as athletes, it's made a huge difference because the girls respect them a lot, you know. Um, and so some of the people that have stepped up, Maria Smith, she does a good job. She played some as a freshman last year and at shortstop. And um, she does a great job of communicating on the field, which is really a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, Lorna, um, she has stepped up a lot from an offensive standpoint. I think we're swinging all the way around a lot better. We've got some freshmen who are going to be on the field this year. Like, they've, they've come in and really done a great job of getting prepared and growing. Um, Hannah Borden, she was amazing, like, for this team, and, and she is just swinging it, like, like she's never swung it before. And so I expect huge things from her as well. And then her partner behind the plate, um, Diddy, um, Alexis Dittmore, she's, she's doing really good too. And so we've got, we've got some things handled and I really love that. And we've got some versatility, which I really love that. Um, Caroline um, Worrell, she's a senior. She steps up in a great way, communicates well, leads well, and isn't afraid to speak up in moments where we might need to regroup and refocus. I saw a post uh, just, I think, a couple of hours ago about kind of what y'all are doing, hitting practice. Kind of looked like Latin to me, but um, it seems, <laughs> I know uh, assistant coach uh, yeah. Aaron Longenecker yeah. Yeah, has been yeah. working with the girls. Uh, just kind of, could you break down what y'all have yeah. been able to do and kind of progress uh, the players this offseason? Yeah. You know, it's funny because um, in my career, I was a pitching coach my first 14 years and then stepped away and hired a pitching coach so I could be a second eye to it. And, and then this year I've come back to it and been back in the pen with these pitchers. And, and so I've been doing some hitting stuff for the last few years. And, and so to come to a new place and you kind of have to trust that what's going to happen in different areas that people are teaching, that they have some ownership, that they have a plan for development, right? And they understand what that plan is because you could really mess some people up. I mean, if we don't hit, we don't hit well, our mindset's not good, and some physical pieces are not right, we could be in trouble. And so Aaron and I saw eye to eye pretty much about how things needed to be taught, what we teach, our philosophies, our approach, um, and all of that. And so when I brought him in, I was really hopeful that he would do exactly what he's doing, and he has. He's been amazing. He's Mr. Fix-It around the field, first of all. Like, anything that he sees that needs to be done, he hustles, he works hard. But then what he's giving to the players has been really amazing. Like, one of the things that we I don't feel like we did a good job of in the, in the previous years was plate discipline, just choosing wisely about what we attack. And he's really kind of, um, we've emptied into the process of what our decisions are, more so than the outcomes. And then because of better decisions, our outcomes have been better. And so um, some of those athletes that struggle with that, they're getting better at that. And so we are going to physically be a better offensive team. I think mindset-wise we're going to be better. Our approaches are going to be better, and our adjustability is going to be better. Coach, just to backtrack just a little bit, yeah. uh, first coming into the program, could you just probably just share a few things of what was it that you exactly said to the team addressing them when you first came into this program? Yeah, I mean, I think for any time you get a new coach and it's not their choice, right? You know, it's um, I've got seniors who are in their last year that could be like 
fine, whatever, I'll do my thing and I'm out, right? And then we've got some kids who are new and nobody, I did not recruit any of them. So in the end, it's like they've got to make a decision in those moments to really kind of be present with us where we are. Culture is really important to me. I shared with them a little bit about who I am and the way that I like to do things and the way that I work. You know, integrity is important, honesty is important, um, family is important, growth is important, and loyalty is important. And so everything that I do will be, every decision I make, everything that I ask them to do will be driven from that place. And so um, I shared with him how I like to best communicate. Um, and that way they would understand me and the same thing with my staff. And, and I think by doing that and just kind of sharing like who I am, it, it, you know, at first, I'm gonna tell you, like these kids did not open up very well. Like they, they didn't know me, they didn't trust me. Like they were, it was like crickets in the room. Like, you know, and I think that's where you have to just start to show them. You might say something to them, but if you don't back it up, they are not with you, right? So every day we just started kind of breaking down some walls, breaking down some walls and, and now, I mean, our communication levels are really amazing. It's a safe space to be able to say, I'm confused, I'm frustrated, I don't understand, or whatever, without there being risk of somebody wanting to hurt them in some way. And so um, I think that's helped us grow as a team really fast in a short amount of time. I mean, the, we've, we really have made some great strides in a short period of time just uh, a couple weeks away or even less yes. than two weeks yeah we yeah. play next friday wow. so yes. yeah wow. yeah uh, just you know you're moving to the sunbelt conference now mm -hmm. in southern miss's first year in the sunbelt conference uh, i don't know about your you know prior experience yeah. with uh sunbelt teams but just you know uh maybe from scouting mm -hmm. or just from that experience what could you say about kind of the competition southern mm -hmm. miss is going to be facing this year I mean, I would say like the Sunbelt Conference, it just sits just outside of the Power Five in terms of RPI ranking. So they've hovered around like number six and number seven in terms of RPI strength as a conference. There is no doubt this is a multi-team at large conference. Like they've been three and four teams coming out of this conference, which is pretty amazing. Um, Louisiana is, it's like them and then everybody else almost. Like they've just, um, they set the tone for kind of what things look like. They do a great job. I think their preseason ranked in the top 25, maybe the top 20. I mean, they're really, really good. And so they just, um, the coach that's there, he has great experiences, coaches some really great university and he can get some transfers in. And, and so um, you'll see that some kids that come in with some great experience because of that. And they just do a good job there. And so they'll be probably the team to beat overall. We open up with them in conference play here. So that's exciting. I'll have to go to their place. You know, I'm from Baton Rouge, but between that and McNeese State and UL sitting in the middle, I've seen a lot of UL in my lifetime, right? And um, it's a tough place playing in Cajun country. I'll just say that. So them, Texas State is amazing. They had a good year last year. South Al is really good. Um, Troy actually had has had it last few years had really good seasons and so I just don't think that we're going to be like in a conference where that we can take a weekend off you know Marshall's going to be tough um, JMU is uh, new to this conference as well and just a couple years ago they had Odyssey Alexander who led them to World Series so I mean like and that's you don't see that much from a mid-major and so um, honestly like 
it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be really tough challenges, but we're definitely excited about being a new conference. The athletes said that they're glad to be playing different teams. You know, maybe some teams they played in their non-conference schedules before, but um, different teams overall that they get a chance to play up against. Coach, uh, before we get you out of here, uh, could you just maybe give like a slight address to the fans out there? What would you say to the fans on this upcoming season? Uh, something kind of uh, ironic actually was uh, Coach Cardona of the basketball team talked about packing out the Reed Green Coliseum mm -hmm. and uh, it's kind of coming to fruition now uh, and it's pretty special to see. But uh, if you had just a, a one address to the fans or some goals, what would those be Absolutely. on the season? There's no doubt like in my career, like. I want to go to the Women's College World Series. It's always been a dream of mine. I told that to our um, to our athletes. Um, when that might happen, if it may ever happen in my entire career, every day when I wake up, that is my goal. And so we take steps. I think about what I do and how we're going to build something that's going to look like that. Um, but while that process is going, I think we're going to be a lot of fun to watch. People who watch us this fall said our girls look like they're enjoying themselves playing the game of softball. They were a lot of fun to watch. I think we are. I think we're going to bring a great offensive team. We're going to do some things that they haven't done before. I think our pitching is going to be very competitive. Um, and these athletes need community support. You know what I'm saying? They deserve that. They've worked hard for it. And our job is to make sure we bring a product that's fun to watch. And that's what we're working for. And so hopefully we bring the energy and then the playing to back it up. But we want to see them in the seats just showing out for these girls and supporting them and cheering them on and just loving them up in the process of while they're trying to do something really great. Thanks a lot, Coach. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Coach Natalie Poole, head softball coach in her debut season. They kick off the season February the 10th, coming up at 3.30 against Seton Hall, so make sure to get to the softball complex right there beside the 4th Street Bar. Take a left at the stop sign. We'll be back for more, and we'll have our... 4th Street Play of the Week coming up and giving our flowers presented by University Floors and Gifts on Highway 49. We'll be back soon. 4th Street, we'll be back. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of the show. We're now giving flowers. And welcome back to our flower segment. And that was Logan Maxwell. <laughs> And I am Austin Lindsay. Batman? I don't think I'm doing a good job at this. No. <laughs> you, you may be smooth, Austin, but uh, our guy Logan has the smoothest and, voice on campus. Ah, oh, man. Hey, I, I can't complain about that, man. Not going to lie. Uh, but without further ado, let's get into our flower section, as Logan stated, Maxwell. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> All right. So without further ado, can I get a drum roll, please? Not too loud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And ladies and gentlemen, your Forest Street Player of the Week is none other than Austin Crowley. Dog. With Dog. Dog. Hey, man, 24 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 steals versus Texas State. Dog. He almost mm -hmm. killed somebody, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Against Arkansas. Oh, my God. If yeah, he would have finished, not literally, y'all. 
If you read the game, yes. you know what I'm talking about. If he would have finished yes. that dunk. It was two of them, right? It was yes. an alley. Well, yes, two of them. The first, the first one, one would have been... The first one would have been just straight murder. Yeah. That guy who he would have dunked on probably would have never been able to put on a basketball uniform again. He did the the arena naked, just take it all off. Funny thing, they didn't even call a foul on that, did they? No, they called it to the blog, bro. I will say, because I guess we can say a little bit about this, more than the players can. Some of the, I will say the second game, but uh, I guess both the games were just Terrible. inconsistent calling. Uh, that, that was, yeah, I was trying to avoid that. Second game was really inconsistent though, but um, and still, we're not people to complain about the officials. No, no, I won't. I won't. Yeah. I won't not as bad as Chiefs versus Because really, in basketball, <clears throat> you gotta get it like basketball is so quick, and yeah. lots of the times they do a good job at it, but um. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah, that was not a was not a great job. Why um, the Cowboys? Ah oh, man, at least we don't make that many fouls. Man. <laughs> not, <laughs> not a good weekend for the Zebras. Let yeah. me tell you, across, yeah. all, sports. Yeah. across all, all sports. Across all sports. Oh my God, the LeBron game with with uh, yeah, LeBron yeah, versus the Celtics, the Lakers versus the Celtics. Oh, that God. was tough. That but was tough. <laughs> it was but, terrible. Uh, Southern Miss still got yes. it done. Austin Crowley um, came up with some clutch free throws along yeah. with Felipe at the end of that Texas State game. Really, uh, I like what DeAndre said. Um, they. You know, he said we would have got him blown out 20 points yeah, last year. Yeah, we kind of laughed about it. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's true because, I mean, that game showed that they can kind of close things out. They show composure at the end uh, two times in this home stretch against South Alabama, too. We also want to give our flowers to yes. Felipe, who is also um, really against Arkansas State, had a really not nice game just dishing the ball. Uh, they did a really good job passing the ball in that game. But also on women's basketball, uh, Femi Funius is kind of carving out a bigger role getting back. Uh, she played 40 minutes uh, <laughs> against Texas State. Uh, or, sorry, against, yeah, Texas State. She had 14 points, 9 rebounds, almost a double-double. And Lonnie Cornfield did it all for them, uh, 40 minutes against Texas State, too. But also, we got a lot of football players trying to make their push to the NFL right now. Uh, that's pretty cool to see. Whiteout Jason Brownlee was officially invited to the NFL Combine. And he showed out in the uh, NFLPA co- Collegiate Bowl. Yeah, I think he had three catches as for yeah. 78 yards. 78 one yards, was 61 yeah. yards yeah, deep high. ball. Yeah, so he's... That's all- uh, Eric Scott talking to yes. Bill Belichick. Yes. The DB that was awesome. That's I, crazy I wanna, to see. I, I'm really excited for uh, Pro Day here, yeah. and we can we can talk uh, to those guys because they've definitely had quite the experience, and that's definitely the experience to talk for him. For I think I think Alex Barth, uh, 98.5 Sports Hub, said it was like 10 minutes or yeah. something. Yeah. A, a good conversation. Like we, we see Eric Scott like the past two two years and he's just like not talking to Bill Belichick yeah crazy. and Bill's kind of known to uh, go out of his way for oh, yes. for players like that so yeah. potential Patriots hey, yeah, that'd Patriots. be a great spot for it really great would yeah. yeah and also uh, congrats to former Southern Miss football players Quez yes. Watkins Ooh. and Cameron Tom uh, for escaping the Saints like uh, Chauncey and making the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> so yeah, Cameron, if you didn't yeah, know, playing the Saints, he's 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 on his way to the Super Bowl now. More pain for us Saints fans in the booth. But it's crazy. So last year, Mike Thomas was in the Super yeah, Bowl four, for the Bengals. Four straight right? years. Yeah, straight. yeah, that's unbelievable. And before uh, that was uh, Rotez Moore. Okay, yeah. yeah, and then uh, Jamie Collins. Yeah, Mike yeah. Thomas has made it with the Rams and the Bengals. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, but they never won, right? Who was the last Southern Miss player to win? I think it well, was Nunes. Yeah. Oh, Nunes. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So, sorry. Okay. In the uh, 2020 year. And you'd think the Eagles are favored, bro. Yeah. 
I think they are about two points. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm definitely I was, taking Eagles. I guess we're going to have... Oh! Oh, the Cowboys fan. I the Cowboys fan. We're going to have to go with the Eagles just because of our guys, Quez and uh, Cameron. Yeah. Definitely Fourth team. Street will be rooting for the Eagles. I saw a little yes. Uzi wearing a, a number 16. <laughs> 16 yeah. Yeah. I saw that too, bro. I don't know so, if it was Quez or if it was because it said little Uzi on the back, but yeah. we're going to still go with hey, Quez. I thought the same thing. So, for the people that don't know, Lil Uzi is a rock star rapper that is huge, <laughs> especially <laughs> on, on TikTok right now. He's huge on TikTok, but he's huge Man, real rock. <laughs> for the people that may not know about Lil Uzi, but uh, he wore number 16, Quiz Watkins. No, yeah, we love Lil Uzi. I just want to rock. Well, hey, speaking of the Cowboys, <laughs> speaking of the Cowboys, I'm not done giving flowers. I got to give some flowers to Kellen Moore because now he has the opportunity to coach a real quarterback. He got, oh, man. He got let go oh, from the God. Cowboys, and now he's Jesus. the Chargers OC. So Justin hey, Herbert. man, he's going to make Justin Herbert terrible, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, enough slander, enough slander. Okay. All right, so that is all for Fourth Street on this oh, and week. Oh, Jay Hobson got hired at South Alabama. Yes, that was another uh, big thing. It's crazy. So South Alabama's cornerback came to Southern Miss, and then South Alabama hired Jay Hobson. And the funny thing so is, ironic. South Alabama was the last loss that Jay yeah. Hobson suffered. That's true. That is even crazier. Mm. Full circle. Full circle. Life comes at you fast. But that is all from 4th Street. I have to my right, Charlie Jackson. To my left, Dima, Nate Dog, and in the production studio, Shania and Kelsey. We love you all. And that is all from 4th Street, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back Mondays at 5. Hey, they're about to play it and uh, give you a refresher of that. And that is all from myself, Smooth Oss. We'll be back. Come back next Monday at 5 on Southern Miss Radio. Forestry Sports, baby.